Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent McWicket is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's McWicket four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walter Meister coming at him. Walter Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walter Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in Gold Cup and Soccer, 59. Somewhere, Penty, rocking in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Sharton start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's going to dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy-up. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing post-time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy-up! Welcome in to another action-packed segment of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the USTA studios in Columbus, Ohio, as we approach a big championship weekend in the sport of harness racing. Of course, we're going to visit our friends at Woodbine Mohawk Park. We're going to talk to our man Mark McKelvey, the director of communications there, to talk about some of the heavy hitters coming up on Saturday night at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Of course, the She's a Great Lady eliminations, the Metro Pace elimination, but you also have the $405,000 Peaceful Way final and the William Wellwood final and the Canadian Trotting Classic final, which features Hamiltonian champion Forbidden Trade. It's coming off a second-place effort in a qualifier after finishing second, beating four-and-a-half lengths in the Yonkers trot back on August 31st. So it'll be good to see Hamiltonian champion Forbidden Trade come back. He'll take on the likes of Swandre the Giant, Green Manalishi, Pilot Discretion, and more. We'll get into that in just a little bit with Mark McKelvey. Our man Joe 
Joe Zambito is going to get to call his first Night of Champions. It's Sire Stakes Night of Champions coming up on Saturday night at Batavia Downs Gaming. It's the richest night that the track has ever hosted. It also features the $50,000 Robert J. Kane Memorial Pace, uh, which has previously been won a couple of times by the great foiled again uh, they have some amazing wagering opportunities coming up this weekend uh, so we'll check in with joe zambito to talk about the night of champions and we'll also discuss some shenandoah downs uh, some of you may remember our live remote out at shenandoah downs uh, last year when foiled again uh, took center stage and Boiled again. We'll be back at the Virginia track this weekend, along with John Campbell. Heather Vitali will be there as well. So a big weekend coming up for opening weekend at Shenandoah Downs. Boy, I'll tell you what, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up in the sport, not just this weekend, but going into next. You also have next week the Little Brown Jug. You have the Jugette on Wednesday, the Little Brown Jug on Thursday, and then who could forget our next live remote? It's going to be from the Hoosier Park Racing and Casino Harris Hoosier Park uh, for the 2019 Hoosier Pacing Derby and the Caesars Trotting Classic. is always a stakes-laden program that you don't want to miss. Mark McKelvey's in the on-deck circle. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll kick things off with Woodbine Mohawk Park stakes action coming up this Saturday. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Com. 
you're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the USTA studios in the Columbus. We're joined now by our good friend Mark McKelvey from Woodbine Mohawk Park. And Mark, uh, I'll tell you what, you guys, uh, of course, you guys kick your stake season off uh, with the Pepsi North America Cup, but you have a stake season that's pretty much sprinkled. It starts from June and doesn't really end until uh, just about November. And then you guys have a really good uh, late closer program as well. Yeah, we have, uh, I'd say, you know, we have, in my opinion, and without trying to sound biased, I think it's the best stakes program on on the continent. But uh, <laughs> of course I have to say that, but this is, this is an amazing time right now when you consider that every single Saturday night since Labor Day weekend, I had to go back further than that two weekends before that there's been, uh, Grand Circuit events, and there's been superstars on every card. So this is a really good time and another big one this Saturday night with $2 million on the line. It, it's funny because every time I think, okay, cool, Woodbine's had their ha, had their stakes, and they, they, they're they done probably, right? And then I see another press release pop up, and I'm like, wow, it's another huge program. And let's, you know, speaking of huge programs, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. Uh, before we dive into the program, uh, you guys have, um, of course, the Metro Pace eliminations, but you guys have some very action-packed finals. But what is going on on track from a fan's perspective uh, that they can participate in? Yeah, this Saturday night, the, the Canadian Trotting Classic is the marquee event, and fans who come on out uh, are going to be able to uh, pick up uh, a T-shirt, part of our T-shirt giveaway series where we're featuring some of our top drivers, and there's going to be a 1,000 T-shirts given away starting at 6 o'clock featuring the colors of Bob McClure, who is going to play a prominent role in the Canadian Trotting Classic driving Forbidden Trade. So Bob will be on hand uh, on the main floor of the grandstand at 6 o'clock to sign autographs, to hand out T-shirts, We'll also have a photo uh, of Forbidden Trade that'll be given away. So that'll be a lot of fun. And the last time we did a T-shirt giveaway a couple of weeks ago with, with Louis-Philippe Bois, uh, it was a huge hit. A lot of fans were lining up early. So if you're coming out on track, you definitely want to be there for that. Uh, and then the usuals, you know, we'll have live music. We're going to have our spin to win. Right? Fans can pick up some uh, Mohawk Park swag items. We'll also be giving away uh, $120 HPI bet cards. Uh, through our instant win giveaways at our at our machines. So uh, it's just going to be a great night of racing, lots going on, great food, great entertainment, and, of course, the, the marquee event is the Canadian Trotting Classic. We'll dive into Bob McClure here in a second, but, Mark, let's kind of go through the program. Uh, you guys kick things off with the She's a Great Lady eliminations uh, for two-year-old Philly Pacers. And the first race on the card, uh, it's a six-horse field, but what a competitive six-horse field it is. And, you, of course, you've got Allie Korn, who has won uh, four of her last five starts. But you also have Peaky Sneaky on the rail for trainer Nancy Johansson, who's been around, uh, was second in the Champlain, but really had to make up a lot of ground and uh, could be kind of sneaky off the rails. Yeah, that horse you can't count out, especially the way Nancy Johansson's horses have been racing up here at, at Mohawk Park this summer and then now into the fall. Uh, she's had uh, quite a few racing here and had great success, but the way Alicorn has looked, uh, she's just looked like a monster. And, and that two to five morning line probably going to end up going off. I would think at one to one to five, and 
the way she's been winning her her last few races has just been incredible. Uh, two starts back, she crushed them in the internal Cam Nation, winning by nearly six lengths. And then most recently, she won an OSS Gold event in 150 and three, which lowered the OSS record, which she set, which she set earlier this summer when she won in 151. So uh, trainer Chantel Mitchell's got just a real special filly on her hands here. Now, race number two is another She's a Great Lady elimination, and we talked about how competitive the first one was. How about the second one with Reflect With Me and Lion Sentinel? Uh, who could forget that performance in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship by Lion Sentinel? Uh, was able to pull off the victory, uh, winning by three-quarters of a length, which isn't necessarily that much. But if you look at the race itself, uh, she didn't lose all that much ground uh, through the stretch. And then, of course, you have Eternal Cam Nation champion Reflect With Me from post number three. Do you see anybody else maybe striking from here? Or is it basically down to these two? I think it's down to these two. Of course, uh, Nancy Johansson got another one in there who was third in the in the PA uh, championship, uh, JK First Lady, who comes into the mix. And she's obviously incredibly bred. So uh, I think you throw her into the mix. But the way Reflect With Me, kind of going back to Ali Korn, it's, it's nice that Ali Korn and Reflect With Me missed each other in the eliminations because they've been absolutely tearing it up this summer. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch them. And it looks like they're on a a collision course for the final that she's a great lady uh, not trying to get ahead of ourselves but reflect with me for trainer tony alanya he sends these two-year-olds up here they've got a game plan and this one is four for four at mohawk park and following it to a t now who could forget how much history the metro pace has we all remember what rock and roll hanover did in the metro pace with that monumental upset as uh, frank salif said and then he went on to do such amazing things and it's been really cool to kind of watch some of the horses who have participated in the metro pace um come back to have really strong three-year-old seasons and you have tall dark stranger in race number three who's currently four for four in his young career uh has pretty much a mark of 51 uh, just about every race he's been a pretty consistent uh pretty consistent colt but you also have uh number four captain kirk uh bob mccord is here for trainer tony alanya this is an interesting race as well but uh, i'm not sure that they beat uh, tall dark stranger no but you also got the, the pa champion uh pappy rob hanover coming into the mix you want to talk about rock over uh, well brett Holly, uh coming up north here with pappy rob hanover who's got two wins in a row and got that big win last weekend at Harris Philadelphia. But the way Tall Dark Stranger has looked through uh, his four victories and specifically the three wins that he scored up here at Mohawk Park, he hasn't been challenged yet. And, and he's just, again, he's been getting a lot of praise and a lot of hype, and, it, and it's completely deserved because of the way he's looked. Uh, now he's going to get a challenge, there's no doubt about it, but the way he has uh, won his last three, and he's won by – Three likes twice. His last start, he won by four. He's just been cruising to victory. Uh, I'm really excited to see because I think this horse has got a superstar stamp on him. All right. The first stakes race is race number four. It's the Peaceful Way final for two-year-old Philly Trotters for a purse of $405,000. And a competitive field this is, but you can't ignore number four, Pan M, uh, who won by a head in the elimination uh, after winning the Champlain by a length and a half. You also have Dipney Hanover for post number three. And a little bit of a curveball, uh, Mark, thrown into here is Hello Tomorrow draws post number nine uh, for trainer Per Ingram. Yeah, that horse uh, definitely going to have uh, her work cut out for trying to pull the, uh, I guess it would be pretty much a mild upset, but post nine is not an easy task. Panem, I guess we're noticing a trend here, Michael, and that's Nancy Johansson's got a lot of talent <laughs> on this card. That's four races in a row. We've, we've talked about one of her horses. And uh, Panem, when he, she won the Champlain, she looked good two starts to go. 
Dexter Dunn swept the Champlain that night. He won with Spoiled Princess uh, on that card as well. And Panem and Spoiled Princess ended up in the same elimination uh, for the Peaceful Way. Dunn had to make a choice, and he ended up going with Panem, who won. Spoiled Princess wasn't on her game, and uh, who, despite Spoiled Princess almost going off as the favorite, she ended up finishing last and didn't make the final. Uh, Dexter Dunn made the right choice. Um, I thought he would have gone with Spoiled Princess, so I think he knows what he's got here in Panem. She won her elimination, and uh, just based on that, i got to think that they really think this filly uh, has got a ton of potential, and, and the sky's probably the limit for uh, this daughter of Father Patrick. Now, the two-year-old uh, trot, the William Wellwood Memorial Final for a purse of 370000 is one of the better betting races on the program, if you ask me. It doesn't look like there's going to be a super heavy favorite in here. You've got a couple of horses entering uh, off two straight victories. Uh, interesting here that uh, Marcus Melander is going to continue with Mateus Melander on number three, back of the neck. He's actually driven him in the kindergarten, the Peter Houghton. The Reynolds and now in the William Wellwood after winning uh, his elimination. Uh, he looked pretty good last week. But Capricornus looks like he uh, might try to spring a little bit of an upset. What do you make of this race here? Yeah, I agree with, with your assessment. I think this is going to be a real good betting race. Uh, back of the neck and Capricornus win the eliminations, both from the Melander Barn. He won last year's final uh, with Green Manalishi. So he's going for the back-to-back. For whatever reason, though, those two, they won their eliminations. They look good, but I'm not sitting here going they're unbeatable. And I think a horse who's got a real good chance, uh, despite a post-position number eight, is Port Perry, uh, trained by Luke Blay, Bob McClure. We know what those connections have done this year, and, and I know they've got their eyes set on, on the big dance later in the night. But Port Perry, the way this son of Cadaver came out uh, in the baby races, just had the look of one of those horses that has got a ton of talent, very powerful, and he's Race five times, never been worse than second. Two wins in those five starts. Uh, I'm looking at him to be primed and ready for this uh, race because this is the one they've been aiming for uh, since the summer. So, for me, I'm going to look for Port Perry, who's at five to one. But you know, another horse you can't even count out would probably be Synergy. Just, you know, he's got post position number ten in the Para Engelblom trainee. Um, he started his year off, or I should say, started his career off very strong, um, and then unfortunately finished fifth in his elimination. And uh, when you finish second through fifth uh, you're at the mercy of the post draw and uh, didn't work out for him but uh, I expect him to be into the mix talking with Mark McKelvey from Woodbine Mohawk Park this is a race Mark that um, could potentially have Hamiltonian uh, implications in the future so for trainer Luke Blay uh, this could really set him up nicely to maybe uh, repeat in next year's Hamiltonian if everything goes right yeah, that's a really good point. And, and the Wellwood Memorial's got a, a lot of uh, great champions that have won it. Um, and I'll talk about it in a second. But you look at how those horses who have won it have gone on and, and what they've been able to do. Um, a lot of great winners of this race. Uh, Father Patrick, one of them. And then you think about Green Manalishi winning last year. So um, this race is usually uh, one of those launching pads to start them. All right, race number eight is the $605,000 Canadian Trotting Classic Final for three-year-old trotters, and here's the return of Forbidden Trade, but it's not going to be an easy task for Forbidden Trade. Uh, This is a tough little group here with Green Manalishi. Pilot Discretion is back um, as uh, he was earlier in the season. Then you have Don't Let Him from post number eight, but the interesting player here to me, Mark, is Swandre the Giant, and we know how difficult 
uh, of a road it has been for Swandre the Giant and trainer Ron Burke. They added Lasix uh, just before the Hamiltonian. Things really seem to improve. Of course, you can't use Lasix in the Hamiltonian, uh, so things kind of went a little bit array after uh, coming first up at the half. But they've since re-added Lasix. Things seem to be going back in his direction. Uh, you know, four to one could be a uh, could be a little bit of an underlay. Yeah, and the way this race really drew, you got the top ones pretty much all drawing post two through five. And I think, you know, the next one in that list would be don't let them drew post eight. But Forbidden Trade, Swander, the Giant, Green Man, Alicia, and Pilot Discretion, I think uh, all those connections have got to think that they've got a big shot in this race that's going for $605,000. Uh, what you said about Swandre the Giant, I've always wondered with this horse. Um, you know, I think he got a lot of attention because of that private purchase last year, and I think a lot of people would say, oh, he hasn't lived up to the hype, but that could all change with a big win here in the Canadian Trotting Classic. There's so much more money on the line late in the year that I, I think he's almost due to get one of those. I, I wouldn't be stunned if he won this race. I'm not going to go that direction, and, and I will go with the hometown horse in, in Forbidden Trade. Uh, all reports were that after Tuesday morning's qualifier that uh, he felt great. Um, this is an interesting strategy that Luke Blay has been uh, employing this year. Uh, he qualified him the week of the Hamiltonian on the Tuesday at Mohawk Park and then shipped him to New Jersey, wins the Hamiltonian. So uh, your next big, I should say, uh, you know, the next biggest race on his calendar was the Canadian Trotting Classic. So they tried the same thing, qualified him Tuesday morning. They just go a mile in 156 and four. It wasn't about where they finished. Trotted home in 28 and two. Tighten them up, and now we're going to see what happens on Saturday night. Um, it's been an unbelievable year for Bob McClure, and you know, we saw it a few weeks ago in the Canadian Pacing Derby when Courtly Choice won. A lot of the times on these big nights, uh, the locals and, and the hometown horses are able to come through in one of the major races. So I'm looking at Forbidden Trade uh, in this spot um, to have another big victory. All right, let's talk a little bit about Captain Midnight in race nine. It's the Metro Pace Elimination, and Captain Midnight's won four straight races for trainer Tony Alanya. Uh, he seems to have uh, kind of put things together since uh, he struggled just a little bit in the kindergarten classic races at the Meadowlands. And even in those races, um, he kind of got better as time went on. But boy, has he really put things together here at Woodby Mohawk Park. I think he looks like a monster. And, and I talked earlier about Taldark Stranger probably having superstar stamped on him. I, I'm ready to say that Captain Midnight's the next superstar here. This son of Captain Treacherous has looked incredible here at Mohawk Park. And you know, we've been fortunate enough, like I said, that trainer Tony Alanya brings these uh, great looking and, and two year olds with so much potential our way. And, and we've got the kind of the perfect setup for them to be able to race. Um, when you can start in the Dreammaker Series and then move into the Grand Circuit events with the Nazca Way of Champlain and it all builds up to the Metro pace. But you talked about Captain Midnight, won four in a row. Uh, those first two starts, uh, some traffic trouble. I think Andrew McCarthy was just uh, um, taking his time with him and being careful. And, and the way he finished up at all of those races, he showed that he was uh, got huge potential and he's living up to it. He's got a sub-150 mark at 149-4, which he took on August 12th in the Dreammaker Final. Last week, he crushed them in the Champlain by nearly eight lengths. Uh, like I said, Captain Midnight, um, this is what they've been aiming for, is the Metro pace, and I fully expect to see another big performance this Saturday, and uh, I expect he will be the favorite uh, in next week's final. 
Now, the Elegant Image Final is a race that I sort of have uh, a little bit of interest in, only because, well, not only because, but because of the Ohio bred who draws post number one after just taking a $300,000 Ohio Sire Stakes Final at Northfield Park, where uh, she set a track record. And this is her first kind of step up to the Grand Circuit stage. Three to one on the morning line. Interesting play off the rail for trainer Bob McIntosh. Yeah, I like only take cash in this spot, and maybe it's the intrigue of seeing her finally go up against the, the top uh, trotting fillies. Usually by this time of the year, everybody's faced each other, and, and you kind of have a sense of how everybody stacks up. And um, This division, I think, is very competitive, but when you throw in a filly of, of her caliber, um, her only grand circuit start before this was two back in the casual breeze, which that split into divisions, and uh, she took care of business there. I really think that this is a tough filly that's going to uh, hold her own in this group. And I'm really, you know, back in this one. I think Bob McIntosh, um, he doesn't stake them up to Grand Circuit events unless he thinks that they uh, have got the talent. And, and he would know. He recently went over $100 million in career earnings. And uh, he's been looking at this spot for only take cash. That being said, the Hamiltonian Oaks winner, When Doves Cry, uh, had been off a month before finally uh, getting back into action last week. She won a division of the Simcoe. She was beat halfway down the lane by Evident Beauty, but Evident Beauty made a, uh, a break that ended up costing her the victory. Uh, driver Simon Allard said he got lucky that when Doves Cry ended up winning that race, but maybe finally getting that start and, and getting back into a routine, uh, she could probably be ready to go for another big performance. And then, of course, I mentioned Evident Beauty. Sisters Promise won a division of the Simcoe, the Ice Duchess. Uh, you can never count her out. She won last year's Peaceful Way, but they drop hosts 8, 9, and 10, respectively. So um, that probably sets us up to see a lot of fireworks in this one. All right, Mark. Well, listen, you guys have an action-packed Saturday night coming up uh, all the way through the 2019 Breeders' Crown, which we will do a live remote at both Friday and Saturday night. We're looking forward to the rest of the season. And, uh, listen, thanks for taking time out, man. Thanks a lot. We're looking forward to it, and uh, we will definitely see you down the road. All right. That's Mark McKelvey, the Director of Communications at Woodbine Mohawk Park, as they have a stakes-laden program coming up this Saturday. We're going to forego our commercial break and talk to our next guest, uh, Daryl Wood from Shenandoah Downs, joins us now. And, Daryl, listen, you can't highlight an opening weekend any better than you guys uh, are going to. You're going to have a pair of multi-millionaires on site with John Campbell and uh, Foiled again. Exciting, Mike. Uh, Glad to be here, too. Um, Yeah, but both retired, but both uh, are going to be at the same place on uh, opening day tomorrow. Uh, We race from 3.30 till 6.30. And uh, the neat part is that John Campbell's actually going to take Foiled again out for a lap around the track. So it's going to be pretty cool. And Talking to John, he's pretty excited about that opportunity as well. So I think a great photo opportunity for the fans and uh, obviously autographs too. Now let's talk a little bit about Shenandoah Downs and the meet. You guys have uh, done some amazing work uh, over the past couple of years putting this meet together, and now you actually have the party deck that's available as well. This takes place on the Shenandoah County Fairgrounds. Uh, Talk about what it's been like to kind of build this up and what the community reaction to Shenandoah Downs has been. Yeah, Mike, this is the fourth season of uh, racing here, and we're in the Shenandoah Valley, um, halfway between Winchester and Harrisonburg off I-81, but it's, uh, you know, we invested about $800,000 four years ago to get the track, really, to take it from a fair surface and oval to a regular parimutuel track, and I think the horsemen that have come here over the past three years, and they come from all over, not just 
Virginia and nearby Maryland, but from all over. Um, I think that the word is spreading, and we don't simulcast our signal up yet. We're still kind of in our sort of an infancy at that stage. But, um, you know, this year we've got 172 stalls here. Uh, we're going to have the most horses we ever have. Uh, we drew the races for opening weekend. We've got nine races Friday, 12 on Saturday. So the response from the horsemen has been great. Um, and each year it just takes a notch, go, uh, you know, forward. Now, Shenandoah Downs uh, has a lot of, from a wagering perspective, has a lot of things going on, but you also have plenty of promotions going on each weekend. Uh, the opening weekend, you guys have a free T-shirt giveaway, but one of the cool promotions that I got to witness last year was the Own a Horse for a Day promotion uh, that you guys were able to put together with uh, eight different people. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the, the Harness Horsemen have really stepped up. They've uh, donated or contributed $12,000 for us to pull out three of these Own a Horse Days. Uh, so we draw fans from the crowd at random and also have a number of media partners in the area, uh, different radio stations and newspapers that are promoting this as well. And we'll get their own uh, contestant uh, to join uh, as an Own a Horse participant. But um, it's very cool that we have, we have a $4,000 race, um, a different fan gets to own a horse in that race. They keep the purse money that their horse wins between on the high end, 2000 bucks on the low end, 50 bucks. But more importantly, they get to spend the day as an owner. So they'll go to the barn area before the race, spend time with the horse, the trainer, the driver, uh, catch that whole vibe. Uh, we'll put them together in the party deck during the race and just have them a really a feel good experience. And hopefully at some point, maybe they'll, maybe they'll ante up and own a horse too. Now, Daryl, tell us a little bit about that uh, party deck. This is a brand-new addition to Shenandoah Downs this year, and I, it looks like a cool place to uh, kind of get have a big group and a big get-together and maybe even a cookout-type area. Yeah, this is uh, – we've done a lot of uh, tweaks and, and upgrades for the horsemen uh, with still more to come, obviously, but we haven't done a whole lot for the fans. And the Shenandoah County Fairgrounds is sort of a – it's a 100-plus-year-old facility. It's It's got a lot of charm and character. It's also old. It's got that old school uh, feel to it, which, which I love and a lot of people like because the action, you're right on top of the action from the stands. But this year we added a party deck. It can hold about 75 people. Gives the, uh, gives the users the best seat in the house. And they literally can almost high-five the driver of the eight horse as they come to the start of the race. So it's, uh, it's going to be a really cool feature. And every year we want to do something now for the fans to increase, uh, you know, their, their – enjoyment and, and obviously build the crowd size as well. So, um, you know, looking forward to it. It's a, it's a short five-week season. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We have free admission, free parking. We've got dollar beers on Friday. So we're just trying to make it as affordable and uh, exciting for people to come out and enjoy. Now, one of the cool things, Daryl, about Shenandoah Downs is there isn't one specific announcer, so to speak. It's kind of announcer shuffle. Um, which is always a cool little thing, but you guys will have Roger Houston come out for the final weekend. Once again, I believe he did the fair races as well. What's it like to have that announcer uh, shuffle, so to speak, and what's it like to have Hall of Famer Roger Houston join the, join the fray? Well, I mean, that, that forces me to get kicked to the curb. I lose my announcing <laughs> Um Seriously. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of other stuff I'm involved in now, so it's great, but it's it's neat because – you know, every Mike Bozich and you and, and Roger, they've got their own social media presence. And, you know, it just helps spreads the word about, uh, spread the word about Shenandoah Downs and how nice it was. Roger was here during the fair calling two of the race days um, during the fair, which you used to do. 
And I asked him, I go, why, why do you keep coming back here? You know, of, of all the races you've called and places you've been. He goes, the two nicest places I've ever called races at were in Wales and at Shenandoah Downs. I thought, wow, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, that, oh, was, yeah. that was neat. So it's, it's great to have a rotating cast that gives the fans a different um, style every weekend. Uh, and, and really, it's, it's for the social media presence and just to continue to, to build the word about Shenandoah Downs. And, you know, who knows down the road how far this future goes. And if we're simulcasting, a, a, you know, our races out one day and if we're running extended meets throughout the year. So we're, we're, we're in the infancy, but we're growing. Now, now it's funny because Roger says about the beauty of Shenandoah Downs. If you've never been, uh, and Daryl, you can sort of describe this a little bit too. Going into the far turn, you can see the beautiful mountains of the Shenandoah Valley. This is one of the only racetracks that's almost kind of got like a Del Mar feel to it. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, every time I come here, I live about two and a half hours away in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, every time I come up here, it just uh, you just kind of sit there and look at it for a minute especially when the sun goes down because it just makes the mountain scenes that much more dramatic and the sunrise too. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, it's definitely got that Santa Anita, uh, Del Mar feel to it. No doubt. It's a short, but it's a, it's a, it's a half mile track and the stands, as you know, are literally at the finish line and people are grouped together tightly. So there, there's an energy, you know, even with four or 500 people here, everyone's got that focus on the live race. There's no simulcasting available. There's no casino there's no slot machine area. It's all the live product only, and it creates an energy that is really refreshing. And um, this crowd here cheers the horse that finishes last. Because of the <laughs> history here, there's an appreciation of what it takes for a trainer to get the horse to the racetrack. So it's, it's a neat environment. Now, we're a harness show, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask, did you get out to Colonial Downs, and uh, how cool was it to see that place reopen? Well, I worked there for the last few months, um, kind of on loan ah. from the group I'm with now. So it was it was neat to be there firsthand, experience the the, the re-energized facility. Um, if anybody's been to Colonial Downs before, you would not recognize it. It's it's stunning. Um, the number of horsemen that came that what that won races that had never been there before, and and asked them what they thought about the track and the racing surfaces. They just thought it was tremendous. So I think it's it was a short 15 day meet. They gave out over $7.5 million in purse funding over 15 days. So it's, it's definitely making a name for itself initially. The handle was over a million dollars a day. Uh, no no uh, accidents, no, no horses, uh, you know, casualties. It was a, it, incredibly safe surfaces. Uh, everything is, is a feel-good story right now about that meet. And, you know, next year they're going to increase the number of days probably by between 5 and 10 as well. So really good stories coming out of Virginia. How impressive is that, though? It, uh, so Colonial Downs, they, they closed uh, six years ago, and they revitalized the racetrack, and you would never think in a million years you'd ha average handle a million dollars a day because it's almost like a brand-new racetrack. And people have really flocked to the product. Uh, the turf racing there is basically uh, top-notch, and, and it's, it's really revitalizing to see uh, Virginia back on the main stage again. It is. Uh, the, the attendance at the track, the joke I always had, because I worked there, you know, the whole time the track was open before, was that Colonial Downs is more popular uh, to the people that live outside the state of Virginia that are longtime horse players than people that live inside the state. But I think with the track being gone for six years, I think the people in Virginia, locally especially, uh, felt an appreciation of, of what they missed. And, and it came back this year, and they came out in droves. I mean, the crowds were huge. 
and the interest around the country on the simulcast product was great too. There's nothing like looking at 10, 12, 14 horse fields on grass. It just looks right. It feels right. And um, they've got a great future now too. All right, Daryl. Well, listen, thanks so much for taking time out of uh, your morning to join us. And uh, can't wait to catch the Shenandoah Downs product. And uh, I'm actually coming to Virginia this weekend, so maybe I'll have to check out uh, Colonial while I'm there. Well, hoping to hear your voice over the PA system here soon, Mike. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks so much. <laughs> you got it. Sounds good. All right, Daryl Wood from the Virginia Equine Alliance, Shenandoah Downs. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to talk to Joe Zambito, Knight of Champions, coming up at Batavia Downs Gaming this Saturday night. We'll be right back. Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, On Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Hey, racing fans. We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post up. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. They're off and pacing at the Dan Pat Stakes. They come to three quarters and 122 and four. Lazarus. Lazarus came forth to win the 25th running of the Dan Pat Stakes. Celebrating Indiana's richest harness race, the 26th edition of the $300,000 Dan Pat Stakes on Friday, August 9th at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Watch it live on Wish TV at 9 p.m.
At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the USTA studios in Columbus. A great action-packed show thus far, but things are just heating up as we now talk to our good friend Joe Zambito. And Joe, before we dive into uh, the program this weekend and everything that the fans can look at and all the gambling things, I got to ask, how's the football team? Nah, football team's going. <laughs> they're doing well. We won our first game last week uh, pretty easily, and uh, we actually play tonight. So I'm uh, getting ready to roll as soon as I uh, get done with our interview here. I'm uh, getting ready for our game. All right. What an amazing program that you guys have coming up on Saturday night. Uh, one of the richest programs um, in Batavia Downs history, and you get to bring us the action, but before we dive into that, what, what can fans and gamblers alike uh, expect uh, coming up on Saturday? Well, uh, before the races even start, we're going to do a uh, autograph session with the uh, with some of the drivers that are in town that night. And, um, you know, we're going to have a uh, special bugler. and uh, You know, the, the track's in really good shape, and the, the racing is just going to be unbelievable. Uh, Gambling-wise, you know, like you said, we're going to have a couple guaranteed pick fours. And uh, our pick five right now has a, has a uh, rollover into Friday. If it doesn't get hit Friday, it's going to be pretty large on Saturday. It's just going to be a, a really nice uh, showcase. The clubhouse is sold out. So if anybody's listening and wants to get into the clubhouse, unfortunately, there's no room left. Our hotel's sold out. Uh, it's just going to wow. be a great night. Wow, what an amazing night this is going to be for you guys. Let's start with the Robert Kane Memorial. This is a race uh, since its inception that has provided some of the top-notch hand- or excuse me, top-notch winners uh, through uh, the sport. We've had Eric Cash Hanover, who could forget Foiled again, or the Energizer Bunny, as you've called him. Uh, you know, yeah. this is a fantastic race in itself, and I, I was looking at it um, as I was providing some selections to Tim Bojarski yesterday. And you have the likes of horses like Southwind Amazon who have been pretty consistent against open company and have been okay against Grand Circuit Company. But, wow, look at this field behind him. You've got Dorsodoro Hanover, Hitman Hill, Somewhere in L.A., Hayden Hanover. Uh, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I, w- I was pretty excited about it, you know, and I, I talked to Andy Miller, and he was really happy to uh, accept the invitation for Hayden Hanover. I mean, 147 and change definitely nothing to uh cough at and uh it it ended up being a good field you know 1.7 million for somewhere in la uh dorsodoro hanover is just one fast animal hitman hill actually held the record at batavia for a while for a three-year-old and uh, southwind amazon i mean our max factor off the rail um actually i thought our max factor raced great last well actually i think it was monday at pocono in the great northeast final from post eight, only beaten three and a quarter lengths. So it uh, should be a good race. 
yeah, it's going to be an exciting night of racing action, and uh, let's dive into a couple of these New York Sire Stakes finals. All of them go for a purse of $225,000, and I watched the live draw yesterday, Joe, and I, I, I tell you what, you, you know, as a, from a race secretary standpoint, you want every race to be competitive, kind of mixed up, and, you know, not all the favorites draw the rail, and I'll tell you something, boy, did the favorites uh, sort of struggle a little bit in the draw, and that okay. is no, uh, no, no, it starts right off in race number two uh, with zero tolerance drawing at post number seven this is a really cool group of horses uh, you have so awesome from post number two sulky queen is an interesting play for trainer jen bongiorno uh, and then of course you have zero tolerance to the outside uh, what do you make of this race well uh first and foremost i think you're right about the post draw i think we kind of went six for eight on uh equal uh opportunity I thought two races where the favorites drew inside, but we got six of them where I think the betting is going to be spread out a little more. Zero tolerance, obviously the uh, best filly in the race, but with post seven, you know, it kind of makes it a little interesting. I thought there were a few horses in here uh, that we could definitely talk about. I mean, you go to JK American Beauty uh, from the Nancy Johansson barn, post six was just second in the Lady Maud. She, I mean, she won this year in 151 at the Meadow at the Meadowlands. Uh, so that's a good one. Like you said, you mentioned Sulky Queen. I think the horse that could beat her with the right trip is the one you mentioned. So awesome from post two. Has a lot of early gate speed. If she could get to the front, and if uh, you know if Zero Tolerance has any any uh, issues getting getting close to the lead, uh, we could make it a horse race and. Uh, Dave Miller is up in Canada that night, so her regular driver is not going to be there. She did pick up Jimmy Morrow, but it should be a good race. Now, the third race is the three-year-old Philly Trot, and the one thing that jumps off the page at me, Joe, is number five, Sweet Chapter, and if you look uh, three races back, you see the Hamiltonian Oaks uh, elimination and final. Um, you've got a horse here in Windavia uh, who draws post at number eight, and it's really hard to ignore that start two back, and I'll let you kind of uh, review that a little bit at Batavia, where um, she made a break at the start, uh, spotted the field six lengths, and was really closing late uh, to finish second, only beaten two lengths. I'm not sure that uh, post eight's going to hamper her all that much. She can scoot out of the gate, and uh, I remember that night quite well because I actually picked Windavia in our program to beat Quincy Blue Chip that night. And while it didn't happen, Windavia was loaded with trot late in the mile. Um, I think Jason Bartlett knew that night he wasn't going to get to Quincy. And he never even laid the whip over Windavie's Windavie, and uh, she was second easy from post eight. Um, could she win? Yes. The other horse I look at in here, uh, along with uh, Quincy Blue Chip and Sweet Chapter, I take a long look at the two Stella Jane, Corey Callahan, in town to drive. I just have a feeling this filly, who made 180000 last year, has a chance to win. Yeah, she draws well, and, uh, you know, she was impressive at Yonkers um, in her last start. You almost have to throw out that start uh, at Batavia Downs where she made a break at the start and just never really recovered. Uh, and Corey Callahan is in to drive for trainer John Shane, and this is a combination uh, that teams up to win a lot of races together. Exactly, exactly, and I don't think Corey would be coming to town if he didn't think he had a shot to win with his filly. And um, I like the post position. 
and I just like the way she's situated. I think she's going to be a long price, and I think uh, that's one that uh, may be able to get into that uh, guaranteed pick four pool and uh, blow it up a little bit. Now, the two-year-old Philly Pace is race number four, and how about the season that Tyler Muter is having uh, on the New York Sire Stakes Circuit? He's first in points on the New York Sire Stakes Circuit. He was listed on Movie Town and um, – Galleria Gal. I have to think he's probably going to go with Galleria Gal, uh, even though uh, she draws post number eight. But Ron Burke has a horse in here named Murga Hanover, who has won, let's see here, six of seven and is only uh, finished second once in seven career starts. That was back in at Tioga Downs back on July the 22nd, um, where she was stung to the first quarter. Uh, tried to make a middle move and uh, closed to be second, only beaten two lengths. Uh, this is a kind of an interesting field for the sense that most of the good horses drew to the outside. Of course, you have the fun marshal who drew the rail. That could uh, make things interesting. Yeah, for sure, out of the Richie Silverman barn. Um, she hasn't had the rail in quite some time. The last time she had the rail was at Yonkers. She was a winner in 155-4. and four. Um, I think she's a filly that's cycling up. I think she is uh, much better right now than she's been. Um, I give her a big shot here. The other horse I give a big shot to, Michael, is Racine Bell, the five. She has a lot of gate speed, and uh, right now our track is uh, playing uh, really heavy to the front runners. She made $84,000 this year, and she does have Jason Bartlett sitting behind her. But like you said, Murga Hanover, definitely the one to beat. When she raced to Batavia on August 14th, I loved her. I couldn't believe the price we got on her. Um, she does have post seven again, so that's going to make it a little harder. But uh, Murga Hanover, definitely the one to be here in this race. One of the best betting races of the night is the two-year-old Philly Trot, race number five. Uh, you have three horses in here who have yet to face each other except for the last couple of starts. Uh, Hypnotic AM, seven times a lady, and then to the outside, love a good story. I know trainer Julie Miller has to be a little disappointed with the post-draw, but Love a Good Story has one from the outside, and she has a good amount of gate speed. And if you look to the inside here, of course, you have Marcus Melander, uh, Hypnotic AM, has speed. Seven Times a Lady has speed. But I think Love a Good Story could potentially get into a good striking spot and sit maybe third and uh, be firing late. I agree completely, Mike. Um, I do not think the uh, five, six, seven have the gate speed to leave with Love a Good Story. I think Andy Miller will have her uh, right on the gate and uh, leaving early. Can she beat Hypnotic AM? We're going to find out on Saturday night. That's why they call it a horse race. But I think you've got it stamped right. I think it's a two Hypnotic AM, the three seven times a lady who uh, did finish a pretty good second to Hypnotic AM at Yonkers and then the eight love a good story. I am going with Hypnotic AM. I just think she may be the best Philly trotter in North America. She did win the Jim Doherty at the Meadowlands and Marcus Melander, the trainer, there we go. He's got another beast in his barn. All right. The two-year-old Colt and gelding Pacers take center stage in race number seven. And this is a race where another one of the big name horses draws post number eight with groovy Joe. But let's talk a little bit about Sandy's bolt. You sort of have to throw that qualifier, uh, not completely out, uh, but at the amount that he won by. And a lot of people are going to see the trot pace qualifier. 
um, and see that he beat Pacers as well. But it was only three horses in the race. Um, he had post number three. He went right to the top and never looked back. But, uh, you know, he's had a couple of uh, couple of months off. Uh, does that concern you at all? For sure. And, you know, a lot of people are going to think, oh, geez, he won by 48. He won by 48 lengths. He's in good form. But he really only went in 157 and two. He came home in 29 and one. And you make a great point. It was a trot pace qualifier, so there were trotters in the race. Um, He's supposed to do that. And he's actually, in my opinion, supposed to go faster. You know? So um, do I like Sandy's bolt to win the race? No, I do not. Do I think he has a chance? Of course he does. He's got the rail, and he he is a talented two-year-old. Horse I like in here, probably he's going to be a little bit uh, longer. the two freedom warrior. I also like the three save me and dance. I think those two uh, should be real good. Now freedom warrior looking at the lines had a three race win streak stopped by a break. Um, if he minds his manners, I think the two freedom warrior is going to be right there at the wire with the eight groovy Joe. Now it's interesting as a gambler, you have to know how to throw lines out. And I think his last start at Tioga downs was just kind of one of those fluky performances. Now he went, he went to Saratoga um, and was fine. He went, came to Batavia and made a miscue uh, still managed to finish third. But like you said, I mean, he's been able to handle himself on the half mile track before he went to Yonkers and he won decisively. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, if he can kind of keep it together, uh, he could uh, step up at a price. Michael, look at that line at Yonkers. He was interfered with before the quarter. He was off 15 lengths at the half. Still Unbelievable. Still managed to win in 54. Yeah. I mean, he, he was flying late. And uh, Jimmy Morrow back on him in the seventh race. I think Freedom Warrior has a big chance to win this final. Two-year-old Colt and Gelding Trot is race number eight, 225,000 on the line. And this is one of those races that, Anybody could win. Um, you see a lot of, if you look at your program, you see a lot of bold. And uh, that means they finish first, second, or third. And there is a ton of bold in this uh, race. And it's one of those divisions, Joe, that they've been kind of trading punches all season long. You don't see too many ones. You don't see too many twos. But a uh, horse coming in off a two-race win streak is Chap Tiama uh, for trainer Trons Medsammer. And, you know, he he's puts together an amazing stable every year. And uh, he's got Brian Sears up. Obviously, post seven is a little bit of a concern. But, you know, he looks like uh, he could be a dangerous animal here. Absolutely. What a bad draw for Trond all day, all day long, unfortunately. I think this is probably the best two-year-old right now, but has post seven. And I don't think he's so good that um, he's definitely going to overcome the post. Um, 157 last week. Now, uh, just a note, Michael, Tron Smedshammer is actually going to drive Chaftiama. He has been uh, the driver all along, and um, they've switched drivers back to Tron. Brian Sears is going to drive the sixth Mercury J in that race. The horse I actually like is the locally owned Barn Holden. Um, Early on in the season, Barn Holden was the point leader and, you know, was destroying the field just about every week. Hasn't quite been the same horse the last couple starts, but I think you're going to get the best out of Barn Holden on Saturday night, and he's going to be my pick to win the uh, New York Sire Stake for Colton Gelding Trotters. 
how, how cool would it be to see uh, a hometown horse uh, be able to pull off a win in the sire stakes? I mean, the crowd is going to be phenomenal. I can't imagine what the roar is going to be like. That would be great, you know, and I think Barn Holden's going to have uh, quite a cheering section for him on Saturday night. Uh, Steve Pratt always has a, a nice small stable of horses, and uh, the great thing about this colt is not only uh, does Steve Pratt uh, locally own, train him, and own him with Purple Haze Stable, but he also bred him um, as he owned the Mare Barn Babe as well. So uh, it's kind of a special night for Steve Pratt. All right, race number nine, the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trot. And I know this is a race that you have to be looking for with number seven, Jim Panzi, uh, winner of a leg of Harness Racing's Trotting Triple Crown, uh, won by four and a quarter lengths uh, at Yonkers back on August 31st after finishing third in the Hamiltonian final. Uh, after being parked the mile, Brian Sears returns to the Sulky. Do they beat Jim Panzi here? Uh, one word, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I just don't think it can happen. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, he has his regular pilot on him when he raced here, two starts back, granted he had the rail, but Brian Sears was prone in the sulky, the whole race, one fifty-five and one, he could have went easily a second faster, maybe more, um, seven hole or no seven hole. I don't think it matters. He He's just that good. He may be. You know, he, you know, the Hamiltonian, he was fourth in the Alim. I thought, wow, maybe he isn't quite as good as these other Grand Circuit horses. Then when I saw him race in the final, I said, yes, he is as good. And, um, you know, he may be as, he may be the best three-year-old trotting colt in the country, him or Green Chew, obviously, but wow, he, he's impressive. What a race, race number 10 turned up to be. It's the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Pace, and one name uh, stands out as not being here, and that's American Mercury. you got to think he's pointed to the Little Brown Jug next Thursday. But Shake That House is another horse that could potentially show up next Thursday uh, on short rest in the Little Brown Jug for Trader Chris Oaks. And, you know, the track record at Batavia Downs, uh, we haven't seen a 149 mile there. You could very well see it in this race. Well, you know, it's possible. Um, the good thing is the weather is supposed to cooperate. I've had my eye on the weather for the last 10 days, and originally it was going to be like 72 and rain. Um, now they're saying 75 and sun, so hopefully that holds true. Um, Hick from French Lick off the rail will be the favorite, and I'm picking against them. Um, when Shake That House was the favorite at Batavia, I did go to Hick from French Lick. Granted, uh, Shake That House was an entry, but um, I think Shake That House with Brian Sears driving, I love the qualifier at Poconos. I just think he's going to get the best of Hick from French Lick Saturday night um, in this finale, but I'm really looking forward to this race. should be a lot of fun. Yeah, this race is really interesting. Of course, uh, Jen Bongiorno draws the outside with roll with Papa Joe, who is a winner of a leg of the Sire Stakes uh, back at Yonkers back on August the 29th. Uh, one interesting horse in here, um, and it's kind of one of the local horses, uh, at least for me, is the two major Blake uh, for trainer Sam Scalacci. Uh, that mile at Northfield Park, two starts back, uh, won by 11 and a half lengths in 150 and three. That was a really big effort that night. I really like this horse, and, you know, a little story behind this horse is a two-year-old was one of the best two-year-olds in the circuit, and the night of champions last year as a two-year-old, he came up sick, 
Oh, and, man. Um, I, you know, yeah, left uh, Sam and Jody Scalacci heartbroken. And now's his chance for redemption. And what a post he draws. He's going to be following Hick from French Lick around the racetrack. Um, you know, we shake that house, you know, barreling down on him. No passing lane here at Batavia. So it's going to be an in- it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out. But I did see that mile of 150 and three, and he was just rolling, Mike. And, um, you know, only lost to Hick from French Lick by three quarters of a length in his last start. So if you're looking for a little bit of a long shot, you hit it out of the park again, Major Blake with a big chance. All right. What a card you guys have coming up on Saturday night. And before we let you go, I got to ask, I know you got to be looking forward to it. What's it mean to be able to call a card of this caliber? Oh, it's, it's the best announcing card that I'll probably ever call. It means the world to me. You know, I thank uh, Batavia Downs for giving me this opportunity and the New York Sire Stakes program for deciding to have these races at Batavia. I don't think anybody is going to be disappointed. Our uh, general manager, Todd Hyde, has done a great job of uh, putting what's going to be an awesome night together. And I'm just glad that I get to be a small part of it by calling these races. And uh should be so much fun. I'm sure it's going to be a night I'll never forget, that's for sure. All right, Joe. Well, listen, good luck and have fun this weekend, and uh, we'll be talking with you soon. Sounds good, Michael. Thank you very much. Of course. Joe Zambito, the track announcer at Batavia Downs Gaming, as they look forward to Saturday night's New York Sire Stakes Championships. We're going to take one final time out. We'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association.
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, On Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. All right. Welcome back to this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA and Bet America. Thanks so much to all of our guests for taking time out of their busy days to join us. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday with the first post of 1030 a.m. Good night, everybody. Can't stay here I know who 